What should Martin do about his outrageously fee-heavy 403B plan? Should EF hedge his pre-tax non-qualified 415 excess plan? What should Max do with his old TIAA plan? And what are the pros and cons of a cash balance plan for self-employed people like Brent Money? What to do with your employer-sponsored retirement plan? That's today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 449. Plus, Mike needs Joe and Big Al's spitball on the highly compensated employee rule and excess 401k contributions. And the fellas explain how employee stock purchase plans are taxed for Big Cheese Bob the Tomato. If you've got money questions or want a retirement spitball analysis of your own, visit yourmoneyyourwealth.com and click Ask Joe and Big Al on air. I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. You got Martin from Miami. He writes in. Hey, I drive a 2010 Toyota Camry. My wife, 2012 Toyota Sienna. My drink of choice is a little rum and coke. Cuba Libre, Miami. And a little twist of lemon. Well, Cuba Libre's with lime. Oh. So I don't know what a rum and coke with lemon would be called. Okay. It's a little twist on the on that. Yeah. I'm in I'm new to the personal finance sphere and discovered my educator 403b with Corbridge has a weighted expense charge of 1.6%. I contribute $1,000 per month and have an account balance of 200000 of a 70-30 stock bond mix. Okay. I'm 53, earn around $170,000, will work at least six more years and receive a net pension around $94,000 annually. My wife will continue to work and provide a net income of $36,000 in. Once she retires, she will receive a pension of $12,000. We spend about $100,000 per year, which will go down once the two kids finish college and leave the nest egg. Fingers crossed. Okay. We have two Vanguard Roth IRAs with a balance of $37,000. We max out and recently opened up a Vanguard's brokerage account. And the balance of that is 6000 contribute $750 per month. My question is, what should I do about those outrageous fees in my 403B? Stop contributing and move the $1,000 per month to the brokerage account, or is there another recommendation? We don't give recommendations here. We spitball. When I retire, I look forward to rolling my 403B into an IRA, working part-time, earning $24,000 annually. Thank you for your help. So okay, got it. Four four three B, which is great. You can contribute pre-tax, get a tax deduction. So and, he's an educator. Yeah, yeah. So is he's got, he? He's got a good good pension. Great pension. Wife's got a good a pension. I'm not sure. Is he public school? Is it college? Didn't say. <laughs> so a couple things. One point six percent. Is that outrageous? It's high, but it's that's not. The end not, of the world. It's not three percent, right? Right. No, don't stop. I, what I would do is I would switch to Roth, and I would look to see if there's a new plan. If 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 you are working for a public school system, or maybe it's a community college or something like that, most of the time with the four hundred three B plans, there's a list of providers that you can choose from. So right now he's with Cornbridge. Is there a way that he could get another plan? Cornbridge, I'm guessing, is the insurance company, or is that the TPA? I've never heard of Cornbridge. No idea. Cornbridge. But he's got the investments, and they're, they're Ballac. with Ballack. They provide life insurance, retirement solutions, other financial services. Cornbridge does? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So 
maybe that's the TPA for whatever university. And maybe he's stuck there. But 1.6, I would keep it. Yeah, I would too, 100%. Because, I mean, at the moment, so first of all, your pensions cover your spending, which mm-hmm. is great, which is fantastic. I don't know what kind of cost of living the pensions have. And you're going to want to have your own money. And, you know, you've got a good start, but you're going to want to keep adding to it, which you are, which is great. Yeah, don't stop right now. I think that's right, Joe. I think look at other options. And if the 1.6 is the only option, keep funding it. I mean, it's an investment that you're going to be glad you have. Right. I mean, everything costs a little bit of money, you know? And so, but if I could switch to the Roth 403B, that's what I would do because he's going to have pretty large fixed income. Well, see, now that's a whole other thing. And that's a good point because, I mean, they're going to have over 100,000 of fixed income from pensions. Right. Right. And so they could be in a, you know, depending on where tax rates go, if they continue to go up, he could be in the 25% bracket. Right. And so I would want to have, you know, those savings into Roth and I would stop the brokerage account and put everything into the Roth and max out 403B out with with even at 1.6 because a compounding tax deferred and tax free coming out. Right. Is going to well make up for the 1.6% fees that you're paying in the the overall account. Yeah. The only tricky thing is they're in a reasonably high bracket at 170,000 of income and she's 36,000. But still, it's either 22 or 24%, depending upon their deductions, mm-hmm. which is still lower compared to He's how it's going to be. Yeah, right. He's still young. That's right. So, yeah. I like that. I would probably do the same, but I definitely would not stop the 403B because of the 1.6%. Or is there other funds within? Yeah, maybe there's other funds than Valak. Right. Yeah. So, I don't know. We Give us a plan, Doc. <laughs> we'll take a look at it. But yeah, don't stop. Keep it going. We got, hey, Joe, Big Al, Andy, Joe, EF in Kansas with the question, I think you'll have as much fun spitballing as I have listening, watching your podcast over the years. Well, EF. Yeah. EF Hutton. Uh, And then he's like pointing it out to me. (laughs) Wonder why. I don't know. Maybe we'll see as we read. Getting pretty excited here, Big Al. (laughs) I don't think I've seen you this excited and. A couple years. Yes. Uh, your mixture of CFP, CPA experience discussions with humorous banter, all while Andy keeping you on the line, makes your show unique. All right. Some background. 61-year-old retired lieutenant colonel. Oh, salute. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for your service, sir. Exactly right. U.S. AF a 10 a 10 war warthog warthog pilot oh, yeah he's a badass he's a badass M. I, I guarantee if he was sitting here we'd be kind of shaking in our boots oh i would or cocktail <laughs> we'd share one with one jameson yeah maybe um okay little pilot combat veteran desert storm and iraqi freedom okay all right <clears throat> You would think seven tours in the Middle East would make me a heavy drinker. But I just enjoy some sparkling water with lemon and lime and lots of bikes. My drive is a Lexus E5 sedan. I think that's ES. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. What did I say? E5? Similar. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking. Looks similar. It does. Right? Military. Yeah. Yeah. You know what an E5 is, Andy? I do not. See, she makes fun of me for, see, ES. <laughs> well, yeah. 
Here's the unique situation in my current civilian job. I participate in company pre-tax non-qualified plan called a 415 excess. This allows high earners whom exceed the IRS 415C contribution limits of 66000 2023 still capture company money, profit sharing, in a pre-tax account. This money has significant IRS constraints. The investment choices and distribution plans are irrevocable. In my case, the money is in VIX or the S&P 500 and cannot be moved. It will be distributed as a lump sum when I retire in September 2027. The account is currently at about $340,000. All right. Okay. Do I, A, do nothing and ride the ups and downs of the S&P until the day of the retirement and I get what I get? Or two, hedge the position. Say one year out or six months out of September 2027 expiration spy. Oh, you're going to buy SPY puts. Yeah, right. Getting sophisticated. Yes, he is. The idea would be to buy enough at the money puts to guarantee a value at retirement. The premium spend would be, in effect, fire insurance. If the market rises, I'd be out of the cost of the premiums. If there was a substantial market downturn, I would guarantee I would get no less in the account value at the time of the options purchased, minus the premiums, thus avoiding further downside losses. For example, if I re- retire at September 2024, I could hedge most of my current account one year out for about $15,000. If I were retiring in March 2024, I could hedge six months out for $10,000. Would enjoy hearing your thoughts. I know not advice about my situation. Cheers, EF. All right. Okay. So he wants to hedge his 415 excess plan. He's got half a million dollars in there. Yeah. And he wants to retire in 2027. And it's like, okay, well, let's hedge this thing. So he's going to buy some puts. Yeah. So the put you buy a put. So then in that case, if the market goes up, then you just lose the cost of the premiums to buy the put. Right. If so it goes, if it puts, goes, say it's $10,000. Yeah. You're putting the stock to yeah, someone else. At a certain amount. And so if it goes down, you could put the price of the put to someone else that they have to buy it, right? Then you get your price. Correct. So okay. you're going to be down the premium of the put. So that's the sure. insurance that you're purchasing yeah, that's right. to lock in whatever price yeah. that S&P or SPY is right. when he buys the puts. Sure. Would you do that? Well, I would. So first of all, I don't like answering or spitballing as, as something like this when I don't know the overall situation. There's nothing. Uh, the, you got to give me something else, Lieutenant Colonel. Yeah. It's it's like if you told me that, you know what, you're spending 80,000 a year and your pension's 120. It's like, I don't care. I mean, just it let, doesn't let, matter. let it roll. Right. But if this is super important to your retirement. <laughs> Yeah, I'd probably do that, right? <laughs> so anyway, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have enough information. Oh, right. It's If this is 100% of his liquid assets and he only has Social Security and, then, and he needs to spend X, Y, Z. Then I would do it. Yeah. Of course. And of course. You don't want to lose this thing, yeah, especially right. because the sequence of return risk could kill him. Right. Because it's like, all right, now I'm retiring. I can't touch it. I can't move it. And then I'm going to retire in the market. Boom, is down 20, 30%. Right. And it's like, oh. I probably that's probably should have done it. Yeah, probably should have done something because a lot of people have other types of plans where they can diversify. Yeah, right. So they can buy bonds or cash as they get closer to retirement. They can be more conservative in the overall portfolio. He's stuck. He can't. Yeah, yeah. So he picked his choice, and you have to stay with that choice until it's fully distributed out at his retirement date. Right. 
And yeah, it happens all in a lump sum, right? So then there's taxes on that and you got to factor all that in. But yeah, I mean, the strategy is fine. Ba- basically what the strategy, there's a cost of doing this, but it does protect your downside. Yeah, we do this quite a bit with clients that have high concentrated positions in an individual stock. Yeah, and they have a lot of gain, so they don't want to sell so, it all at one time. And so you can put some costless collars on it where you could maintain the market value of that security given high volatility. Yeah. So what you give up upside, give up and, upside and downside, right. I think is what you're trying to say. And, and so you kind of lock it in even without selling, right? Right. But the market over time usually goes up. So as a long-term strategy, it's usually not a great it's, idea. It's a terrible strategy. Yeah. Long-term. Yeah. But, and especially when you're talking about an asset class like S&P 500. Now, if you're talking about a single stock, to me, it's much more important because a single stock, a single company could do great or fail. So there's a wide variability of returns there. So you might want to lock that in. Right. Well, and the reason why we do it with a concentrated position over a, a short, it could be a couple of years because yeah. they're, they're diversifying out of it. Yeah, right. And so I'm selling out of this, I'm getting more diversified and I just want to make, and I'm fine locking it in because I know I'm selling it out yeah. for the next year or two, or depending on where taxes are. Yeah, in other words, we have a plan to maybe sell in three years. Yeah. But we sort of want to lock things in now. Yeah, I, uh, who knows what's going to happen over three years? And I'm fine giving up some of the upside if we can at least protect the downside as we sell this thing out. Right, right. All right, Lieutenant Colonel, that was great. Stocks and bonds, 401ks and IRAs. How investment savvy are you? Less than half of Americans have a solid understanding of basic investing terms and concepts, and that lack of financial literacy can be costly. How can you grow your wealth if you don't know what tools and strategies are available, much less how to use them to develop a long-term financial plan? Visit the podcast show notes and check out Financial Boot Camp. It's the latest episode of Your Money, Your Wealth TV, and you can pick up the free companion guide. From investing basics to retirement plan funding options, join Big Al help to increase your investing IQ on YMYW-TV. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app, go to the show notes, watch Financial Boot Camp, and download the Investing Basics Guide for free. Then share the show and the free financial resources. We got Max writes in from Seattle. You've learned a lot, especially learned that people with fat wallets worry a lot about having enough money. They don't want to lose it. You know, that's a true statement. I would say people with money are more worried than those that don't seem to have much. But I figure if I listen regularly to rich people talk about money, maybe some of those vibes will stick with me. Big Al invited those with much smaller wallets to write in. So here we go. I'm 45. Wife's 44. We live in Seattle. It's an expensive place to live, but I'm born and raised here. I'm an artist and she's a teacher. 14 years ago, basically being at $0 saved after the birth of our only child, I came to the conclusion that the only way I'm ever going to be able to live such that I can make art and take naps, I'm going to have to grow a fat wallet myself. (laughs) We have made up a lot of ground by regularly saving and reading everything I could on personal finance. Uh, My question is, about a former tax advantage account with TIAA that I had while I was working in a local community college in my 30s. Stocked away about 7000 which was employer-matched 100%. Six years ago, I changed jobs to work with a nonprofit, which has a simple plan. I called Tia, 
to ask about, do you want a rollover of those dollars to my IRA? And they told me that the money couldn't be touched until I was 55 years old. I accepted it at the time, but I think they are wrong. Upon further research, I determined this count to be classified as a 401A, which certainly can be rolled to another tax advantage account anytime. Also, a few years back, I logged into my TIA account and saw an offer to immediately convert this account to a $500 a month annuity starting at 67 years old. I declined and have just been letting it ride ever since. It's worth $48,000 today. Not my bad question, for $14,000. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, for sure. My question is, if it were you, would you let this money continue to ride? And use it as an unintended, use it as it is intended for regular retirement withdrawals. Should I consider rolling it to my simple IRA fidelity for simplicity? Reconsider the annuity or do one of those Roth conversions you both love so much. I just, I'm Wait. just so in love you with said, Roth conversions. Max, you said my favorite word, Roth. Oh my God. Now I'm listening. Uh, which would take a big tax penalty on those dollars. Okay. Uh, we both work full-time jobs, and we make $150,000 gross annually. It took years to toil in promotions to get us to the point, and we feel extremely best by this. We have saved roughly $3,000 a month making Roth contributions, doing employer-managed savings counts, and building a cash reserve. Our total non-house savings is roughly $220,000, with $53,000 in the simple IRA, $70,000 in Roth, $7,000 in the 403B, and then $48,000 in that 401A, $14,000 in taxable investment account, and around $20,000 in emergency cash. Rough allocation is 70% stocks. Okay. We own a home valued at $1.1 million with a $500,000 mortgage. Look, this, he's got the... Not a very small wallet. It's, no, this it's, is it's kind of a fat little wallet here. Max, on Max, very intelligent. It would be great to regularly make art and take naps someday. But with inflation and the mortgage hanging over our heads, I'm kind of feeling like I just will work forever. But if you'd like to spitball for me, have at it. Our daily drivers are a 2017 Nissan Leaf in a red cargo e-bike. Rad cargo. Oh, rad. <laughs> A rad cargo e-bike. Usually that's a red one. Yeah. So who, who says it's not red? It could be. I love Pilsners in the summer, red wine in the winter. And Bobby Burns at Christmas, little Ryan Benedictine. We have Shepherd Mixed Dog, who is a rescue pup, has all kinds of anxiety, uh, but we love him anyways. Cheers. All right. So Max in Seattle, he wants to retire at some point, make some art, take some naps. He's done a great job. He's 45 years old. Yep, He's yep. got a few hundred thousand dollars saved. Has a really big, nice house in Seattle that's half paid off. You um, know, when we look at fidelity studies on, on the amount saved by people in their 40s, what, it's yeah, what is it? like 100, yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's average. So in, in your 40s, what is it supposed to be? Two or three times annual salary? I think so. And And so most people are short based upon what fidelity says you should have. Right. But anyway, a couple hundred thousand dollars with a great mortgage. Sure. Yeah. With equity in the home. Yeah. Half a million dollars in equity. And you're only 45 and yeah. 44. Like it. Yep. I think he's doing all right. Um, all right. Saving $3,000 a month. He's got $220,000. Yeah. So I did a little math here, Jim. All right. Well, the wife's going to get a pension, right? She's a school teacher. Yeah. Let's see. But yeah, that's right. 
So let's just start with the savings. Okay. So 220000 now, let's say $36,000 a year. I just did 6%. I took this out 20 years to, to 65. Okay. Just to come up with a number, I get $2 million. All right. Okay. $2 million at, at 4% distribution rate. 80 grand. 80 grand. Plus, I've got another 50000 of income. What was that from? Is that Social a pension? Security? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's Social Security. So that's about 130 right? And then I was trying to figure out what do they spend, So, I, which would be nice to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we don't know, so I tried to do a little analysis. A little back in the envelope. Yeah, so 150000 of total income between the two of them. I took out FICA, what I thought taxes were, what I thought savings were. I get 90000 right? 90000 so ninety thousand spend in twenty years is like hundred sixty, right? So they got hundred thirty coming in, one sixty. Not quite there, but but we don't know what the wife's pension is. Maybe that covers it. Sure. I mean, there's there's some things we don't know, but I don't uh, think Max you're that far off. Really. No, he's really close. If he could save three thousand dollars a month, that's the driver. That's that right? is the driver because yeah. you got thirty six thousand dollars of saving on one hundred fifty thousand dollars gross income. I right, mean, that's really good. It's really good, and so so your two hundred thousand today becomes two million. Just keep doing it diligently, and that's at six percent. You might do better than that, right? And you can't waver because I think sometimes what happens is that if you don't see results right away, that's right. what people get frustrated. Yeah, it's right. like, hey, you know what? I want to make some art and take naps. Yeah, and so this grind <laughs> is going to be forever. But it, it's discipline. If he can stay disciplined by saving the amount of money, and it, let's see if they get slow raises, or maybe he sells a piece of his art. Right. And if they continue to save diligently and, and increase that savings a little bit each year as they get raises or cost of living increases or things like that, or they have a young child, maybe a lot of expenses go to the young child as the young child kind of leaves the nest. Okay. Well, maybe you can save a little bit more. There's all sorts of different levers that they can pull here. Yeah. And plus, I mean, I took the, I took all the expenses and indexed them for inflation, but the mortgage is fixed. Sure. The mortgages should be gone in 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Or close to it. Right. Right. So yeah, I think Max is right on. He's 45. A lot of these people that call in and say, Hey, I got millions of dollars and blah, blah, blah. Well, they're 65. Right. Max, you're going to be writing us in 20. Well, well, not Alan and I, maybe the same show, but there's (laughs) definitely not Alan and I are not going to be here. Because we got fat wallets ourselves that we got to spend. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. This is the first time you admitted you got a fat I, wallet. What I'm you, you just it's said from now. You said we've got fat wallets. I have a fat wallet. I don't, Al's got the fat I don't think I heard that. Because you're 65. <laughs> so what should Max do with his Tia plan? Uh, he's script. Yeah. I mean, he's locked in. You can't roll it? Well, I doubt it. But Tia Craft is crazy. Craft, yeah. you can. But if it's Tia, it's an, it's an, it's an insurance pro- product. Got it. And, I mean... They, they probably has a good rate. I'm not talking negative about Tia, just for the record. Okay. Uh, but it is very challenging to get money out of those products. Uh, he might be able to take out 10% per year, but to take the whole thing in a 401A plan, depending on the plan doc, maybe it's right that he can't take the money out at 55, but I'm sure if he calls back and talks to someone else, they might be able to tell him, you know, hey, we can roll this into an IRA. Yeah, d- but d- he's getting noticed to... to to right. do an annuity. So yeah, when he turns 67, he's going to get an annuity for life on the thing. Or he could take the money out and roll it at 55. I still don't think he'll be able to get all of it out. You don't think so? I don't know. Well, I would try. I have no idea. Yeah. With, with my experience of 25 years in this business, right? and looking at moving money from Tia Kreff, 
into, um, into an IRA. Into an IRA from yeah. whatever plan it's in. You can move the craft component because those are like stock mutual funds. Okay. 100% liquidity there. Okay. Yeah, forget about it. Got it. Okay. So, well, if I you, would have to look at the statement. There's so many yeah, things I don't know. Uh, oh, I know. We don't know the doc. The, yeah. But if you can do it, roll it to an IRA, not a SEP IRA, not a Roth. Just go right to an IRA. Or look at the rate that you're getting from Tia. It might be a good rate and get, just Maybe it's keep okay. it there. Who cares? Yeah. Right. It's a fixed rate. It's guaranteed. Yep. So that might be just fine. And you could take on, that would be your bond equivalent. You can yeah. take on other risks somewhere else. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Here we go. We got Mike from Castleton, New York. Joe and Al, please close your eyes. Picture driving down rural New York State. Okay. Eyes I'm, closed I'm, there. I'm there. I'm right yep. there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. In a 2018 Chrysler Pacifica minivan, no animals unless you count my two toddlers, Murphy and Millie, chilling in their car seats. I drink non-alcoholic seltzers. Oh, I wonder yeah. what that tastes like. <laughs> you never tried one. <laughs> I don't even know they made such a thing. Well... Well, driving, but can back can put back some dark stouts in the evening. No, oh, thank you. Oh, so he can put back. He does the non-alcoholic while he's driving. That's no. sensible. Yeah, he's got kids in the back. Yeah, too. right. Of course. Last year's my wife's company failed the highly compensated employee check, and she met two of the three criteria to make her a highly compensated employee. She made over one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars and was at the top of the twenty percent of salaries at the company. Much of this was due to bonuses. Unfortunately, her HR and Fidelity directed us to remove the excess funds from her 401k plan as the exceeded the limit based on the HCE rules. This year, we will be well under the $150,000 limit, but I think she would still be at the top 20%. Does this rule still apply? Her HR sent out a notice to all of last year's HCEs and it made us think we should cut back on our 401k so we don't have to take out the funds again. What do you guys think? Thank you so much. And great job keeping the guys in line, Andy. Do we get out of line sometimes? Never. <laughs> what should Max do with his tea? No, never mind. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, well, thank I, you. You did help us on that one. I would say we get out of line fairly often, but that's but we have fun doing it. So highly compensated employees. So, so that... Here's the concept. The concept is you have a 401k, and if you're considered a highly compensated employee, there's all these tests to see how much you can actually contribute into your plan, but you don't know that till after the year's over. Right. So you've contributed a certain amount, then you find out you could only contribute a lower amount. And so the IRS makes you take the money back and out of the plan, and you have to pay taxes on it. So that's where that's why this is important. Right. And the reason for that is that because they don't want these plans to just benefit the people that make a ton of money. Yeah. Because then they get a larger tax benefit. And then so let's say the people that are not necessarily highly compensated compared to whatever they're looking at. So 150000 is highly compensated. So if you're not part of that top 20% and you're not compensated or you're not participating in the plan, then it like it, it it favors the highly compensated more, so they don't necessarily like that. So they want a, a a fair playing field, right? So anyway, this is kind of a benefits question, which we're not necessarily experts, not even close. But I will tell you what I think. Okay, I think what I've heard is that you have to you you'd have to be over one hundred fifty thousand for twenty twenty three and be in the top twenty percent, not one not or the other. Or. 
That That's my understanding. I think it's an and. And so I don't think, Mike, that your wife would be highly compensated this year. However, for our benefits people that listen to this podcast, if you have a different opinion, let us know. Well, are they fully funding the plan? I don't know that. Maybe yeah. you start with go Roth IRAs and brokerage accounts. It's still going to be all right. Sure. Sure. So, Agreed. Don't stop saving. As the, the If you can't go into the 401k, save it somewhere else. Yeah. All right. Very good. See in detail exactly how much impact saving now has on your financial future. Try out our new free retirement calculator at easyretirement.com. That's E-A-S-I retirement.com. Create a login, pick either the quick two-minute path or the comprehensive eight-minute path, and see what you need to do in order to build a successful retirement. Anywhere in the easyretirement.com calculator, you can click on Planner Plus and meet one-on-one with an experienced financial advisor for a free financial assessment to walk through your results from the calculator, compare different scenarios, and get professional feedback on ways to best implement your financial plan for retirement. EASI stands for Education Assessment Strategy Implementation. These are the building blocks of a sound retirement plan. Start calculating your retirement wellness now for free at easyretirement.com. That's E-A-S-I, retirement.com. First things first, you can call me Big Cheese. Big Cheese, okay. Or something fun like Bob the Tomato. (laughs) That's kind of fun, I guess. Beer equals Big Lake Brewing minus Hazen Blue is good. That's actually a dash. Hazen Blue oh. is an IPA from Big Lake Brewing. Oh, minus? Yep. I said minus. Well, yeah, it's a hyphen. Well, it's it's hyphen. the same thing. Except it's, a, it. oh my. it's been a long day. Uh, whiskey and bourbon equals, oh, a little Pappy Van Winkle. Uh, yeah. But never actually had it because it's expensive. So oh. normally uh, did, Jefferson's you know you like Ocean it? or Knob Creek, a little nine-year. <laughs> now for the fun part. We got an ESPP plan. Oh, boy. And how is it taxed? Offering date and purchase date are the same. Have to hold for one year. Lots of info about qualifying and disqualifying dispositions online. What does this mean? I want to sell after one year, taking advantage of the 50% discount on purchase price. Might use a donor advised fund to avoid any capital gains, but curious if I need to hold for two years to avoid it being a disqualified disposition. Any spitballing would be appreciated as long as the spitball doesn't end up in my bourbon. <laughs> I'm clear on that, Bob. Look at Bob the tomato. Yeah, right. Spicy, funny comedian. guy there. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. All right. You want to take a stab okay. at this? Yeah. How yes. much time do we got here? Two okay. minutes. ESPP plan. So in, uh, employee stock purchase plan. What these are is certain you know, companies, generally public companies, maybe always public companies. I'm not really sure. But they will offer this plan that allows you to buy company stock at a 15% discount. And oftentimes it's even better than that because when you buy the stock, there's a look back period, maybe in that same quarter or depends upon the plan itself, where you can actually buy it cheaper than that. So you're getting stock at a discount, so which is good, right? And so the basic rules are this. You have to sell two years after the offer date and one year after the purchase date. So I think Bob is saying these are the same date. So basically right on the surface, it would say you have to wait two years for the offering date. 
But then it's this is one of the most complicated areas of tax law that I can heart I can imagine ESPP and it's somewhat plan specific. But the basic rules are this: is that if it's if it qualifies for this twelve month after purchase date, twenty four months after offering date, in other words, if you sell it after those dates, then you get preferential tax treatment, which basically means the discount part is ordinary income, but all the cap all the other gain part is capital gain. Okay. When it's a disqualifying distribution, so, yeah, then you may have a lot more ordinary income. Now, in, in the case where those two dates are the same, which is kind of unusual, there may not be any difference. But check this out with your own CPA with the plan specific. It's I'll just tell you right now, it's complicated. All right. Thanks, Bob the Tomato. Got Brent Money. Yeah. That's what he said his name is. Like it. From Bennington. I believe that's Nebraska. I think you're right. I never heard of Bennington. Me neither. Okay. But yeah, I think it's Nebraska too. Any? Yeah, that's Nebraska. Yep. Oh, it's got a population of 2,026. That's why we haven't heard of it. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. Hey, gang. Hope you're all well. Would you two discuss the advantages and disadvantage of cash balance plans for self-employed pensions? My CPA friend of mine told me he actually utilizes the cash balance plan for himself. I'm 34 years old and have high income. I'm self-employed and don't have any deductions for my business. He said I could max out my solo 401k, 61,000 employee and employer portion, and also max out a cash balance plan and deduct it from my taxable income. He said the contribution limit is based off my income and age. I used some calculators online, and it said I could contribute as much as like $80,000 and deduct it. However, I'm skeptical because I've never heard of a cash balance plan. I've never heard of someone using one. It sounds like an administrative cost are high, but worth it if the plan is kept for a long time. If it's a good, is it as good as it sounds? Why haven't more people heard of it? Can you guys share your knowledge expertise can the money contributed to the plan be invested in mutual funds can all contributions and potential growth be rolled into an ira down the road are there any scary irs pitfalls i'm missing thank you so much all right brent so he's talking about a little defined benefit plan yeah so a cash balance plan is a type of defined benefit plan and typically i mean defined benefit plans in general you can invest in anything you want to cash balance plans they're, they tend to be more restrictive in terms of like fixed income. So here's, let, let's, let's take a really simple approach to this. So there's two different types of retirement plans that you can set up. A defined contribution plan is a 401k plan. The contributions are defined by the IRS. Yeah, they're limited to whatever the maximum is. You got it. A defined benefit plan is defined by the benefit that you're trying to set up. <clears throat> so you're trying to set up a pension plan for yourself, like the big companies that have a pension plan that has actuarial tables. You work for the company for 30 years, you get the gold watch, and then you get 40%, 60%, 70% of your income for the rest of your life. So that's what a defined benefit plan is. If I'm self-employed, I can set up a defined benefit plan for myself. So you look at it and you say, okay, well, how much money do I want this plan to become to create a certain income stream once I retire? The older you are, the more money that you can sock away. So Al and I have set up these plans for people in their 60s, and they could put several hundred thousand away. Correct. So he's in his 30s because he has several years until a normal retirement age defined by the IRS is that he's not going to be able to fund it with several hundred thousand, but he's still going to be able to fund it 
to a, a pretty good amount. And I think he ran some calculations here and it's $80,000. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. So so in other words, the IRS defines the benefit, not the contribution. So it's a little bit different way to think about it. So the benefit is like 200 and some odd thousand dollars at retirement or what that would be the pension. So you're trying to build up this nest egg by the time you retire to get you to this maximum amount. Yeah, that, that's right. And so if you're starting this at age 60, you only, you got less years to fund it. So that's why you can put two or 300,000 or, or more into these plans and fully deduct it. If you're in your 30s, it's a lot lower number, but you can do that in addition to a 401k. So that's true. Right. So then what you would, yeah, so you set up a 401k plan for yourself and then you can have an employer match and then you can set up another defined benefit plan that kind of piggybacks alongside of this plan. Yeah, they're expensive. Here's the con. So the, the pro is that you can sock a ton of money away and then you can have huge tax benefits from that today. The con is that a that they want you to continue to fund these things. Some people set them up just for a quick tax deduction. Hey, I'm going to set it up one or two years and then, oh, something (laughs) happened. The IRS doesn't really care for that. They want you to fund it for several years. Yeah, they want it to be a permanent plan, which means at least five years and probably more. Right. A 401k plan is discretionary. Right. Every year you can fund it or not, depending on what you feel like. And you can fund it to whatever dollar figure up to the maximum amount. Defined benefit plan, not so much. They're going to say, hey, uh, Brent. $80,000. $80,000. Next year, you got to fund at $80,000 or $90,000 or $100,000 or whatever that the calculation, the, t- the third-party administrator is going to do each year. So you're going to have to come up with those dollars every single year to fund this plan. Can you use mutual funds, stocks, bonds, everything else? Yeah, it depends on how you want to set up the plan. Work with a third-party administrator. It's going to cost you a few thousand dollars to set up. It's going to cost you probably another $1,500 or more just to have an administrator to look at the your overall situation to find out what your funding limits are. And so, yeah, they're more complicated. But at the end of the day, can you roll it into an IRA? The answer is yes. Yeah, yeah. Two more quick things. So cash balance plan, as I was saying, is a type of a defined benefit plan. That may or may not be the right answer for you because the investments are a little bit more limited. So that's the first thing I want to say. And the second thing is I forgot. (laughs) Well, I'm forgetting a lot of stuff. Yeah, you're on point today. I'm totally on point. (laughs) Oh, I know what I want to say. I get it about 10 second delay. So you don't hear much about these plans because most companies stop doing them because they're too expensive. So they went to 401ks and made the employees fund their own contribution, right? And so defined benefit plan, the company funded everything. So that's why it, it's it, for most companies, it's just too expensive. They're completely valid. You just don't hear much about them. Right. And he's self-employed and a CPA buddy goes, hey, you want to save some more money in taxes? This is a good way to do it. But at the end of the day, Brent, here's what's going to happen. If you want to continue to fund this thing, just think about it, that you're funding this by 100000 or more each year. You're 30 some odd years old. You're going to have a giant retirement account and those taxes will come out eventually so you want to make sure that especially if you, it sounds like Brent makes a, a lot of money that's why he calls himself Brent money yep you know, just think about a, an overall strategy long term if I'm looking at saving money today in taxes when taxes are all-time lows you know these dollars are might come out at a little bit higher tax rate so just kind of be balanced maybe your 401k goes Roth if you're gonna set up this defined benefit plan yeah I think that's a good way to think about it one more quick thing too is if the investments are too strong based upon the assumptions you may have an overfunded plan and that's a big problem so just be aware that's the pitfall yeah they're just complex that's all but they're great plans if you're using them appropriately so all right appreciate everyone's emails we got a whole bunch i know we didn't even get to uh we didn't sniff most of them (laughs) sniff them we didn't sniff them (laughs) that's what we do first we sniff (laughs) 
then we read, then we try to spit. That explains a lot. Yep, we snip, we read, and then we spit. <laughs> In that order. That sounds like a nice redneck podcast. That's it for us. Thank you all. We'll see you next time. She'll scout your money well. Minus signs and drinking again in the derails, plus Joe reading and spelling with his little ones, so stick around. Help new listeners find YMYW by telling your friends about the show and by leaving your honest reviews and ratings for Your Money, Your Wealth in Apple Podcasts and any other podcast app that accepts them. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 to schedule your free financial assessment in person at one of our seven offices around the country, including four offices in Southern California, plus Chicago, Denver, and Seattle, or online at a time and date convenient for you, no matter where you are. Chances are one of the experienced financial professionals at Pure will be able to identify strategies that will help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Reading and answering some money questions. Spit, spitballing. Spitballing. <laughs> doing the best you can. Brian, yeah, I'm doing the best I can with the reading. We're, yeah. I have improved. I think you're great. <laughs> I, I love it. If there's a lot of alcohol in it, he's really good. I'm just, you know, I'm, I, I read to small children now. So I, just I know. Oh, yeah. that's so cute. Got yeah, it. So, just, so, uh, you're, so you're proving. Yes, I'm practicing. Practice, now, I'm getting that mental night. visual of Joe with a little one sitting on his lap reading them a book. Screwing up every third word. Yep. Well, yep. usually it's the books are easier to not, read. Not for me. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Enunciation is not my. Well, if you get a Dr. Seuss book, that's a little. Forget trick. about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like big trucks and little red truck. <laughs> but then he makes up all these words. Yes. Right. No. Just to make things right. Yeah. Got to help with spelling. I'm like, how do you spell career? I'm like, oh my god, I don't even know. <laughs> Or spell check. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm such an idiot. I said minus. Well, yeah, it's a hyphen. Well, hyphen. It's, it's the same thing. Except it's a, oh my. Well, I don't know. I like, That's what I would do. I like, I like big like, lake brewing. I like, I like big lake brewing. But, but I, don't, you know, I don't like the haze of blue. blue. So I would have put a minus sign. Strike that. <laughs> like, Come on, Bob the Tomato. Now, if you put haze and blue in parentheses, then it would be clearer. <laughs> it would have been. Yeah, right. <laughs> But he does say haze and blue is good. Good. Well, I have to finish reading. Yeah. See, I just look at one, one word at a time. Or one hyphen at a time or minus say. What do you just look at a paragraph? And Wait, it's like, minus. hold on. Let me see if this is a hyphen or a minus. <laughs> oh, God. Man, whatever. Never had Jefferson's Ocean. No? Nope. Never heard of it. I thought you had almost everything. No, not really. <laughs> there's a few things you haven't had. There's multiple things. Well, well and you are a bartender. I mean, how long I, were you a bartender? A long time. Yes, yeah, so, <laughs> six years. So, and you probably sampled everything you made, right? No, make sure it was okay. I, no, I'm very particular. You know, you I like. Are. Yeah, I like Coors Light. I do like Jameson now. Recently, I, I have, picked I picked that up. I've noticed that. <laughs> I, did, I, I just went on a trip with you. Yeah. That was flowing. Yes, it Have was. I, it was. Little Jameson on the rocks. I thought was, okay, hey, this is okay. all right. 
Um, fireball, yeah. you still like that? Yeah, when I play golf, if you make a birdie or something, you know, have Got a little, it. little okay. birdie juice. Okay. Got it. Um, yeah, you are particular. So those are the three? Uh, yeah, it's not like <laughs> I go... <laughs> No, I don't mind an old fashioned, but I might have one once every couple months. Got it. You know, we had the liquor machine that I had to almost throw away because yep. then we we're trying all sorts of stuff, and I'm like, man, I'm it's too dangerous. Yeah, I know when you have IPAs, you don't know, feel well. Oh, it's terrible. Hangovers. I hate hangovers. <laughs> I get up early every day. I know, right. and it's like, oh my god, if I can't get up and play golf, I would. So I, if I stick to what I'm good at, yeah, I don't. Then you're, I feel you're okay. Yeah, I'm not a sloppy drunk. I can keep control, and I oh, I got a little buzz, so I know where to pull the levers and go to bed. <laughs> got it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, got it. Does that all make sense, Andy? You with me? Uh, yeah. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I just remember driving you home once. Yeah, well, it happens. That happened. It happens. So at least I wasn't driving. Yeah, exactly. that's right. Yeah, very that, responsible. That's the main thing. Right. You don't want to give up the keys. Yeah. In fact, you're pretty good about not even driving when you know you're going to be drinking. Yeah. I just You Uber. Uh, yeah. Or I just hunker down in my, in your house. In my house and lock <laughs> the door. Hotel in room. In the garage. <laughs> <laughs> Throw away the key.